And what you don't want to do is have to cover the costs of somebody else's mistakes. So with an insurance pool, we put all the good dentists, so to speak, in one pool. And we let's call them the distressed dentists paying 30, 40, 50, 80, 100 grand in another pool. So there's different risk factors and different prices. So if something happens in the other pool, it's not having a knock-on effect on yours, so your premium doesn't go up. Whereas with a mutual, mm-hmm. everyone's in the same pool. So that's why you could be saying, I haven't had a complaint. Why is my indemnity going up, insurance going up every year? Now, obviously, some of that's expenses, cost of living, but it's disproportionately high, but it's because you're paying for other people's errors and omissions. Welcome to Group Function, where the pro-true Serati work together to find good solutions to worthy problems in dentistry with your host, Jazz Gulati. indemnity versus insurance i don't know if it's like a uk thing i'm kind of sure it is although when i was in singapore i was with dental protection so let's give you a bit of background first right indemnity is a bit like the big organizations the mutuals like ddu and dental protection whereas insurance are kind of like a newcomer in the last 10 years there's these different insurance products so what's the need for these Well, when I was in Singapore, when I moved from the UK to Singapore, I was paying so much lower to be part of dental protection at the time. Like, you know, compared to UK fees, Singapore, it was so much easier to get protected as a clinician. This is because in Singapore at the time, dentists were getting sued way less than they are in the UK, which was nice. And also taxes were lower, which was really cool. Anyway, came back to the UK. And now that I've been paying way less in Singapore to have to pay what I was getting quoted for with, you know, DDU at the time or dental protection whoever it was a bitter pill to swallow so already i was thinking surely there must be a better way why am i a non-implant dentist who hadn't had any complaints at that point why am i paying so much so that it covers the high risk dentist right because that's the way it works these mutuals they work because you know they've divide all the costs between all the members and this is why your premium goes up year by year by year even though you didn't really use their services that's when insurances came my radar and my friend dr neil jaswell who's a fantastic conscientious clinician he started pdi which is professional dental indemnity so i had a chat with him i went to that evening i met the underwriters the lawyers there and i was very impressed with what he was setting up but what he taught me and what i learned also from the facebook groups in dentistry is that oh i had this complaint and my indemnity organization is choosing not to defend me now that's a big eye-opener right because what we learn now is that these big mutuals their cover is discretionary meaning that should they choose not to defend you they won't they're not obligated to they're not an insurance okay this is a difference and this is something that uh, i've been learning and in this episode as we learn about indemnity versus insurance you see that i'm relearning all these things all over again uh, some great analogies there for you it's a very tricky thing to get your head around but you know what it is so important right your career is so important to get the right type of insurance for your career is important to so make sure you're protected and your patients are protected This episode is not as sexy as bonding and composite veneers and stuff, but like I said, this is really, really key. So please do listen all the way to the end because I guarantee you're going to learn a lot. And if you do listen all the way to the end, you might actually gain so much that you'll make sure that you have the right product. You'll be clued up next time when you do a renewal and it'll probably save you thousands. So let's listen to Dr. Neil Jaswell. Dr. Neil Jaswell, welcome back to the Protrusive Dental Podcast. All those episodes ago, the fourth ever episode was a microscopes uh, and, and something to do with diva mode and, and that yeah. kind of stuff. Uh, <laughs> it, it, was, it went to a funny little digress. And that was, uh, gosh, so many years ago now. It's so great to welcome you back in a different reincarnation. Before, we were talking about magnification loops. And uh, I remember I came to shadow you. We used your microscope. Uh, and you've kind of pivoted a little bit. I know you were involved in the field of medical legal at the time as well. But you've grown uh, PDI. And so we want to talk about that. We want to learn about the difference between indemnity and insurance but for those who hadn't listened to that episode tell us about yourself neil so i'm a general dental practitioner i've got a private practice in hertfordshire and uh, i've been involved in various teaching things over the years with microscopes with tubules with study clubs and uh, most of my education was with sort of frank spear in the states when they're over quite a few times which really changed uh, my whole dynamic and I was sort of heading along the clinical pathway and, you know, building up the specialist practice. And I think probably at the time that we did our first podcast, we weren't so happy with the state of affairs, with the GDC, with indemnity, with being let down. And I kind of, I was trying to help people. And I met my business partner, Gary, who said uh, he was in indemnity for plastic surgeons. And I told him about what was happening. And uh, one thing led to another. And uh, PDI started, and it really just came about from 
wanting to help our colleagues and, and having someone on our side really and uh, that was probably about the time that we did our first podcast so uh, I've come a long way and uh, congratulations to you as well I mean how far you've come I mean amazing podcast appreciate it so much and you reach out to me now and again saying that you and Cam listen to it and it, and, it, and it puts your daughter Aria to sleep you told me a few times I'm sure it puts a lot of people to sleep but yeah uh, I'm so glad that Aria is getting some sleep out of it which is great uh, when you mentioned Gary you know yeah. um, I, I, I hate Gary uh, tongue in cheek because uh, we went to the Dental and Tubers Congress and it was fancy dress right and me and him right? I thought if I go as Alan from The Hangover okay yeah. uh, and, I, and, I, and I have the baby with me baby Carlos with me and no one's going to come as Alan from Hangover and he came as Alan from The Hangover it's like he was wearing the same dress as me yeah. So that really <laughs> annoyed me, but yeah, it's all, it's all fun and games. Tell me uh, in terms of how much of what you do now is revolved around running your dental practice uh, and how much of it is doing uh, the professional dental indemnity, PDI, yeah. which is a product that you, at the moment, seeing the issues that we were having with the mm -hmm. traditional indemnity that you raised. I think, as you know, being a dentist, just being an associate is a full-time job with the amount of treatment planning you do. Being a father is a full-time job and running an indemnity company is a full-time job. So I think I've got three full-time jobs how I split my time, I don't really. It just sort of becomes, you know, not firefighting when the practice is a bit of firefighting, but generally I kind of work two days a week and uh, two days a week I'm daddy daycare and two days a week is PDI, but every evening could be anything. And, you know, all our clients can WhatsApp me anytime, any day. And, you know, we we super quick at responding, which is one of our pluses. Which is why all those years ago, I switched from my, uh, I'm not going to name who I was with. I mean, when I was in Singapore, I was with Dental Protection. When I was in the UK, I was with another indemnity organization. It was all good and stuff. But the quotes that were coming back were getting higher and higher and higher year by year. And I, you know, I still to this day, touch wood, it's going to come. You know, it's going to come eventually. Touchwood. I still haven't had a uh, a proper com complaint that yeah. for, you know there was a few like little hints that uh, I, re I I approached indemnity for. Like, hey, should, what, should, should I? You know, can you help me formulate yeah. a response kind of thing? And nothing ever came of it. But it's something that is going to come eventually. But despite that, despite me feeling like I, I was doing all the right things, the quotes I was getting back was higher, higher, higher. Wasn't doing implants, still going ever higher. Uh, and so I wanted to try something that would significantly reduce the bill. But it wasn't just about going something that was cheap. It was something that was something that would regulate and meet the regulatory yeah. standards, but also trust. I'm a huge person of trust and I trusted you, Neil. And I said, okay, Neil, you've got this uh, new thing. You are obviously disgruntled with the indemnity organizations. You're starting something. I attended your evening talk and I thought, okay, this makes sense to me. And the big thing at the time which we're going to talk about is learning that indemnity organizations the cover that they give us is discretionary right which is the, the biggest beef that we have with them can you please explain because it's something that you day in day out what this means um so obviously for most of my career i was with dental well let's not say a big provider and they were really good and at that time we weren't having this complaint issue we weren't having the no with no fee and if you were at the GDC, you'd probably done something naughty. And then the culture changed, whether it's from the 90s onwards. I remember my dad being a GP and suddenly it became patients were customer and it was all about them. And it sort of devalued us as professionals. So that and plus obviously the, you know, the medical legal things changed. And really what happened was I think the discretionary companies sort of were almost of a past era and not fit for purpose really. And the government has said this as well in their white paper. So how I'd explain discretionary versus insurance is, let's say, Jazz, you've got a, you know, I like cars. So let's say you've got, you do really well and you've got a Rolls Royce outside and that's your career. You've only got one car for the rest of your life. You want to, it's really valuable to you. It's really important for you. It's really important that it works and you need insurance. It's obligatory to have cover. So you can either go to a mutual and they'll say, you'll say to them, I've got a Rolls Royce, I do 10,000 miles a year. You know, I'm a bit of a dodgy driver, I do curb the alloys, so I'm a bit of a risk. Will you insure me? And they'll go, we can't insure you because we're not licensed for insurance, but we can indemnify you. So what we will do is we'll have a handshake and say, don't worry, Jazz, you're with us. That's it. So indemnity is a handshake. It's two people having a handshake that's of trust. We'll look after you and we'll use our discretionary for the good of our members. The issue is the good of the members might not be the good of the individual, and that's mm -hmm. where they get caught out. Or you could come to us and say, I've got this Rolls Royce, I do 10,000 miles a year, this is my claims history, this is what I do, this is how I drive. I'll go, okay, I'm going to write everything down on paper, you've told me what you do, how often you do it, you've told me your risk, I've looked at your past records, I'm giving you a quote. If you write, if you're honest with us, that's all we ask, 
and we will cover you for that. So if any issues at all, you've got a piece of paper that you can refer to and you've got an ombudsman you can refer to and you've got a very, very, you know, tough FCA that really makes sure that they're acting fairly. And if I can give an example, which happened yesterday, um, don't want to mention any names again, but uh, this dentist has been left without cover because he took a vertically impacting wisdom tooth out and caused tongue burning, some parasthesia, which I think is probably could happen. To, could happen. I think he didn't even elevate the root out. So he did a coronectomy in the end because it wouldn't budge. So I think maybe the anesthetic has caused something. But his indemnifier, which is a mutual, has said, oh, you didn't tell us you were doing wisdom teeth. You've told us you're doing implants, but you haven't told us you're doing wisdom teeth. Now, I would call that general dentistry and we'd cover you. Mm. And also we would take a view on it as well because the brokers that we work with and underwriters, that's what we like about them. They're reasonable. And if I put an argument to them, they will listen. Now, mm -hmm. his indemnifier has said, no, we're not covering you and we're not covering you retrospectively on this since the time you've been with us. So he's now going to try and, now who's the lawyers? So no win, no fee, Owen Mitchell. He's going to have to go up against them who do this day in, day out on his own unless we find him a lawyer. So I think that's mostly unfair. And I would have thought the discretionary could use their discretionary for good and to say, actually, he didn't know. We didn't ask him if he does it in implants. Let's use our discretion to help him. Uh, but they're using his discretion to exclude him. Wait, you didn't ask him that if he does wisdom teeth. You, you said implants, but you meant wisdom teeth, right? No, well, he's covered for implants. They didn't ask him. These Nowadays, they're sort of giving a questionnaire of like, what you do, what you don't do. But they didn't okay. send that to him. But they relied on him uh, knowing that, oh, we need to know this. But how's he supposed to know mm -hmm. this? You know, dentists are busy. They don't get caught. Yeah. So he got caught between, you know, a rock and a hard place. But he's got nothing to go back. He can't complain. There's no complaint service. When I asked about my indemnifier, look, I'm really not happy with the service. Can I complain? They said, oh, we don't have a complaint service, which I think is a bit crazy. Mm. So it is, do you want to trust that handshake, which I think a gentleman we could do in the past, or but it's your whole career, it's your whole livelihood, and it's the only vehicle you have for the rest of your life, and you want to make sure it's well insured. Now, some people will go with cheaper insurance, and you were saying very much you want a price, but you also want the proper cover. Now, do you really want mm -hmm. the cheapest cover that if your car goes down, you're not you're going to end up with a bicycle for high, you know, courtesy car? Or <laughs> do you want like for like, or do you want something in the middle? And and I kind of think most people want something in the middle. So there is a little bit of a race to the bottom. I think that's changed, which is good because that doesn't help anyone. And there is a fair price for things. And what you don't want to do is have to cover the costs of somebody else's mistakes. So with an insurance pool, we put all the good dentists, so to speak, in one pool. And we let's call them the distressed dentists paying 30, 40, 50, 80, 100 grand in another pool. So there's different risk factors and different prices. So if something happens in the other pool, it's not having a knock on effect on yours. So your premium doesn't go up. Whereas with a mutual, mm -hmm. everyone's in the same pool. So that's why you could be saying, I haven't had a complaint. Why is my indemnity going up, insurance going up every year? Now, obviously, some of that's expenses, cost of living, but it's disproportionately high. But it's because you're paying for other people's errors and omissions. Yeah, one of the questions I was going to ask is, why is it that when I get an insurance quote, it is much more uh, palatable than an indemnity yeah. quote? And so I think a barrier for some people to switch from traditional indemnities to go from insurance is because it is a significant fee drop they have this queasy feeling in their stomach that they're kind yeah. of cheaping out that, hey, probably I'm, you know, there's, there's, there's got to be a catch. And the catch probably is yeah. that if I'm in trouble, I'm not going to be well supported. What do you think about that? Well, that's an interesting point. I hadn't heard of that. You almost value something because it's more expensive, a bit like we do in anything. You know, a coffee at Harrods is more valuable than Cafe Nero. So I think that's a great point, actually. So if anyone has those doubts, do let me know because we're happy to put the price up so that they feel it's like for life. <laughs> <laughs> and, Please don't. Uh, <laughs> but to be honest, from what I've seen, if you look at most of the insurers and some of the younger mutuals who haven't got as much past history to manage, we're about the same. So it almost becomes a few hundred pounds difference. You know, we kind of, there is now a settling, which is really good because I think wherever you go, you are going to get, for most people, you are going to find a decent price. And then what you've really got to look for is those things of, can I get hold of them? Do I know them? Can I trust them? Is a service there? Will they look after me? And I, and I think it becomes a bit like choosing a dentist. We don't really know as a patient if a dentist is any good. Even when I recommend a dentist, I haven't, if I haven't seen their work, all I can go on is they're educated, they're nice, they've got a nice website. So 
we're going on all the other factors to make our decisions. And one of them is actually recommendation. So recommendation is fantastic, but also, and we've got lots of recommendations and, you know, I'm really proud and, you know, you've kindly given us one, but you also got to be aware recommendations are generally from people who have had a good outcome and the in indemnity, if you've had a bad outcome, it's not something you want to shout about. You know, I, I got a hundred, you know, I lost a hundred grand and they did treat me very well and I've had to go to court and all this stuff. That's not kind of, the recommendations are skewed. They're still valid, but you really want to understand yourself is who are you dealing with? What kind of product it is? And that's something we can touch along later. And, and it's trust. And like you said, I think it, it's, it's trust. Excellent. Hey guys, it's just Jazz interfering here with an offer for you. If you want to get a quote from PDI to see how much it would cost you and to see if they'd accept you as part of their insurance product, if you head over to protrusive.co.uk forward slash insurance, that's protrusive.co.uk forward slash insurance, and you fill out the form with your specific details in terms of, you know, what kind of work do you do? How many hours a week do you work? Have you had any claims before? All the important kind of stuff that you usually would fill in. You'll find out if they would accept you and you'll get a quote as well. Now, by filling out that form on Protrusive, insurance, you get £100 off. So whatever your fee is, you get £100 off on top of that as well. So maybe if you're still with a big indemnity company or maybe with another insurer, and maybe you're due a renewal, or maybe you're looking ahead and you're planning ahead, or maybe you're just downright curious as to how much it would cost you with your individual circumstances, I just fill in the form and PDI will contact you. Now, as part of being 100% transparent with you, I do get a small commission. This channel gets a small commission if you do get a quote and if you do sign up. So Protrusive gets a commission, which helps to support the channel. But I wanted to let you know that as part of transparency. Let's join the main episode again. With insurance, then, like I've been, I've been with you guys as an insurance for you know, four or five years now. Am I, am I dis- disadvantaged in any way going for an insurance product, as you call it, compared mm-hmm. to the more traditional big dental indemnifiers? I don't think you're disadvantaged at all, to be honest. I wouldn't be advocating it if there's any disadvantages. I think you're more secure. I think you've got more chance of being heard fairly. I think you're more chance of having the correct cover, more chance of less disputes. The only thing I would say is insurance-based, and this is a tricky one, you have to know the terminology. Now, we're not used to terminology because we've had mutuals for you know 90% of my career. So it's really important. And again, with the recommendations, find out from people who understand insurance, they're the recommendations. Like we had Pratik Akri doing one of our um, indemnity webinars, and he's got a medical legal background, and he spoke really fairly on the pros and cons and what he looks for. Now, he's a member of ours, but he also said these are the negatives and these are the positives. So someone like him who understands it is a really good recommendation, whereas someone who just saved 500 quid may be not the best recommendation. But you have to know terms such as claims made, claims occurred, runoff cover, and retrospective cover, because people get confused with them all the time. And I've even seen we some. We need to cover the... all those. We need to, because, because yeah. let's go, let's go deep down. We need to, we need to cover all those because this is like, you know, insurance 101, the questions that you probably get yeah. asked day in, day out, every time someone's inquiring about joining. But before we get to those four things that you mentioned, which are so important, what I'm trying to just get my head around is do you know what percentage of dentists are with a mutual, with a big indemnity, and what percentage are with insurance? Uh, and Because I, I feel as though people are still with the indemnity mm. more. And why is that the case? With, with everything you're saying, with the whole discretionary cover, uh, is it the, the fear of change? Is, is it, it, what, what is the reason? Well, I think mutuals are still the majority. I haven't got the figures, but I would say mm-hmm. my guess is the largest mutuals have got maybe half the population of dentists, maybe a bit more. So it's gone from 90%, 95%, cuz the only 5% who wouldn't go mutuals back in the day would be those who were won't be covered. So they've had a few cases, they've had lots of payouts, they get booted out for the protection of the members. So I would have said it's gone from 95% to maybe 40 to 50. So the exodus is there and the exodus is probably the under 40s under 50s. So I think there are a lot of dentists maybe my age and older who've been with a mutual all their life haven't had a claim, happy to pay what it is. They used to pay that. And as they come to the end of the career, they don't really want the risk of being let down because they don't understand the product. And they're hoping that the mutuals will be around in 10, 15 years, which I don't think they will be, but they're going with what's familiar. And as we get older, mm-hmm. we don't like change. Well, some of us don't like change so much. So we'll go with what's cozy. We'll go with the cozy slippers rather than the, 
the new shoes. Well said. And so if someone's thinking of switching from uh, indemnity insurance, the first question they're going to have is, uh, I've been with X indemnifier for 25 years of my career. Yeah. Uh, and now it's just getting like I haven't any claims. And now I'm having to pay seven grand. And I, I, I don't even do implants. This is ridiculous. Yeah. And they have a look at you and they might get a, a much more favorable quote. But now they're looking at the terms like, oh, I don't understand the terms. Uh, what is runoff cover? Uh, yeah. And uh, just explain what runoff cover is, why we need it and how you factor that in to the product. So I'd have to go back one step. So there's two types mm-hmm. of insurance product, claims made and claims occurred. Would you like me to explain that now? Because that would help with the next question. Please. And if you remind yeah. me, which do you know which one I'm on? Because uh, you told me at the time, but <laughs> it's just there in the, in the contract somewhere. <laughs> uh, for client confidentiality, I'll tell you later. Because I'll, tell <laughs> okay. you, I'll tell you why, Jazz, because you are very influential. And you know what people will do is they won't make their own decision. They'll go, Jazz is on this, so I'll do this. Mm. And I think it's really important that they make. But you the road explained decision. it to me at the time, and, yeah. and, and and we went with that because we yeah. said, okay, that's that's what's best for me as an individual. Yeah. But that was like five years ago, and I haven't changed. Yeah. So that, that's why I, I don't mean to say that I don't care about my indemnity. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, it's important in my insurance, but it's it's a, it's a it's a distinction which I'm happy to learn about, relearn about from you now. Sure. Well, there's no right or wrong, and they just both got their pluses and minuses. So claims occurred is pretty straightforward. It's like the mutuals. You pay an insurer for that year. And that year, they bank it and they cover that year in perpetuity. So if anything happens from a claim from 2017, you go back and you think, I was with dental protection or I was with the PDI, I had a claims occurred policy, I'll go back to them. So that's what we're used to. You know, we paid our year and, you know, it's covered. The downside Let's just make that really tangible. It's now 2023 and I saw a patient in 2017. I stupidly took out the wrong tooth. This didn't happen, by the way. Mm. I'm just saying, okay. Um, or I did something uh, accidental. Uh, and the patient now is complaining about something that happened in 2017. So do I now need to look at my records? Like, who was I paying in 2017? Or is it who am I paying now that's going to defend me for this claim? That's exactly why it's complicated. It depends if your claims are made or claims Gosh. occurred. Gosh. I know. So let's say your claims okay. occurred. You were done to protection and you moved to a claims occurred product, which is the way most people go. So you'd go back to 2017, look back who you were with and say, right, I'm covered with them for the rest of my life. I'll go back to them. Now, that's an advantage is because you can rest assured if you ever stop working, those years are covered for life. So you can stop and start your insurance. You can go on sabbatical. Those years are covered. You know, the baton is being held by that person at that time. The downside is it's more expensive because that insurer or indemnifier has got to cover you for the rest of your life. So if you're a 23-year-old dentist, they're holding that for another 30 years. The other downside is we had a friend of mine two years ago, so 2021, had a claim from 1999, a perio claim with six other dentists. How the hell do you go back that many years and try and figure out who you were with and look at everything? You know, So it is a trickier one. I mean, if you were the same people all the time, he chopped and changed a little bit. So one, it's more expensive. Two, who are you with? And three, will they still exist? And in what format? Now, the wow. mutuals are a funny That's one. Because, because the government white paper every two or three years ago, pre-COVID, when they were basically saying, we don't like indemnifiers, uh, we don't like mutuals, no other country does it, no other profession does it, we should change. And that's kind of put back a bit with COVID and all the other things that are happening. But they are going to have to have some plan of becoming insurance-based, I think. So... I'm guessing the government's going to let them, not going to let them down, but what premium you'll pay as they move from indemnifiers to insurers, I don't know, and whether they'll want some top-up or something. So that's the, the downside of claims currents. But the upside is, you know, it's very secure. You can, you've done and dusted and you don't need any runoff because runoff implies is a claims-made product. So I'll go back to a claims-made product. Mm-hmm. Claims-made products are cheaper, which is nice, and the baton it gets passed on to the next person to the next person to the next person so at the end of 2017 your insurance finishes and it's like car insurance it's gone so no matter what happened they've ended their contract with you and the next person who comes along will then claim it so you're still driving your car in 2018 but the insurance 2017 finished who's your current provider is and if you have a uh, an accident it's reported in 2018 doesn't matter when it's happened it its claim was made in 2018 and so they would go to them. So my analogy is a bit of a relay race. I've used this a few times. Um, let's see if it makes sense. So with claims occurrence, there's four relay runners. Everyone... And, and just to clarify, Neil, well, claims so... occurrence is how the mutuals work at the moment. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So you've got a four by 100. 
if you remember back to your school days. And there's a baton that normally gets passed around, and that race is your career. So the first person runs, then the second person, then the third person, then the fourth person. That's your career. And those four people are different indemnifiers. Now, with claims occurrence, each person keeps his baton. So he doesn't pass it on to the next person. The next person just runs with their own baton. Next person runs with their own baton. Next person runs with their own baton. And if you get a claim anywhere in that race, anywhere in your career, you look back to who was holding your baton at the time. That's claims occurrence. Claims made is more like a proper real erase. The baton gets passed. So one person has it, next person has it, next person has it. You get to the end of the career. The last person standing has the baton. He covers the whole race. Okay. So you know who you're with. You don't have to go back looking to see who it was. You've paid less money because the risk for each insurer until the end is less. But someone always has to hold the baton. So in claims occurrence, if you stop running for a little bit and say, I'm going to have a rest, you can relax because you're not paying any insurance. The past race is covered. You can have a go and have a baby. You can have some time off. You can go on holiday for a year. You don't have to pay. With claims made, as soon as that last person drops the baton, nobody's got the baton. So someone mm. always has to hold the baton till the end of your career life. And mm. even if it's only a nominal amount, someone still has got to pay because they're covering all the race. So you can't just but, stop indemnifying until you retire. But, but my, my, my yeah. rationale, my thinking now is because before, after 2017 or 2016, when, when I, 2017, when I switched from a mutual to, yeah. to you guys, everything 2017 and before is already covered always because I was with a traditional mutual company at that point. Yes. Right? So now let's say, let, let's project to 2030 because I've, I've, I've remembered which, which product I'm with now. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's assume I'm with a claims made yeah. a product and, and let's go to 20, let's project to 2030. Uh, and in 2030, and so just follow me here. I'm going to try and keep the numbers yeah. um, fine. 2030, we get a claim that, so there was some perio issue in 2023. So today I did some perio yeah. issue and 2030, there's a, a case that I just got the letter. And then, and then, so basically, I'm assuming I'm still with you at that at that stage, right? Um, it doesn't matter who I was with in 2023. It's the fact that you're holding the baton and it's 2030 when the, when the claim has been made, you're the one who's covering me. Yes. But for the privilege of having the, the, the previous seven years covered, I'm paying a runoff cover. Is that correct? No. Okay. Now, this is, okay. this is, this is where okay. my understanding needs to improve. Okay. So with your claims made policy, so going back to that relay race, and you got to the end of the race and you're on a claims, let's say claims occurrence policy, you can relax. You can retire. All the past years are covered. So the last guy mm -hmm. might have been us. The guy before then might have been Denciora. The guy before then might be BDA, all claims occurrence. And before that was under protection, you can think, I've got to the end of my career. I'm all covered. As long as those people exist, or whatever form they'll exist, they'll, they'll, they'll have to indemnify you in some way. You're covered. Now, with claims made, it's only the last person standing who's covering the whole lot. Mm -hmm. So he, it's not in his interest to keep carrying it for years and years and years. Because it's like, well, why am I, you've paid hardly, I've only paid one year's premium, and I'm covering the whole lot, and now you want to retire. So each claims made policy has a built-in runoff. So what they'll say is, I'll hold this. I'm at the end of the race. I'm a bit knackered now. I'm sweating. I'm holding this. How long I hold this for is my runoff cover. So you've retired, and it's about 10 to 15 years. So they'll say, I'm going to hold this for 10 years. And you know most claims come within three to eight years. So 10 years mm -hmm. or 15 years or whatever it's going to be when you retire, you, you don't have to think about it till then. I will hold that baton. So you're covered at... Now, if you get a claim at 20 years, you'd be really unlucky and also a claim has to be put through, as you know, from the time that the patient find out about it within three years. So they'd really have to find something really a long time away that not have to go to a dentist for 25 years and then find they have a problem. It's, I mean, it's not doesn't happen. So runoff okay, but is... So, so runoff is, is for when you take a big break or retire? Not a big break, just retirement. Just retirement. Oh, okay, okay, so, okay. No, but what, what, if, what, what if someone's going to take a sabbatical for a year? Right, and you're with an insurance product, you, uh, and it's claims made. You still need to pay for runoff you, cover, right, for that one year. It's not runoff cover. You just pay for cover. It's not runoff cover. cover. It's just you need uh -huh. to go on cover because even though you're not working that year, someone's got to pick up the last year and the year before and the year before. Now, it might be a nominal amount, and to, to be fair, if it's you know maternity, we tend to just pause it. You know, the guys are really good. They could ask, and we just say, look, actually, your risk probably isn't any higher. And in COVID, we extended it as well. So for a couple of months. So it's a chat with your indemnifier and you say, look, I'm going off for a year. And it might be that, okay, look, we're covering 15 years worth of you. 
we need something. Or actually, mm-hmm. you're on maternity, you've been with us a long time, you're a good client, we'll just pause it and put you back on cover. Uh, but with claims of currency, you can have those holiday breaks. You either pay now or you pay later. With claims of currency, you pay it earlier, so you pay bigger premiums to cover it. With claims are made, mm-hmm. you pay a bit later because at some mm-hmm. point it's going to catch up with you. So it okay. really depends on whether you want to deal with your current insurer all the time or whether you want to go back retrospectively. So I've got claims made, and I'm sure I can work mine. She's got claims occurred. So I know okay. I'm going to be working for the next five, six, seven, eight years. I'd rather pay less of a premium. I'd rather deal with the person. I don't want to go back and try and figure out who I was with. You know, I can mm-hmm. look at my current indemnifier, and I'm happy with that. Now, Cam might have a career break, and she's paying, let's say, £600 more than I am, but she knows she can stop for a year or two and just not have to worry about ins- keep insuring herself. Okay, so for those two years, she doesn't need to pay, and she doesn't need a product for those two years. Yeah, but she's paid more for that privilege. Yeah. So it swings it. and roundabouts, you know, there isn't a right or wrong. And again, it's that's an individual like, thing for, for you, for you to decide. Really yeah, yeah. yeah. I think uh, it's probably where it's neater to have claims occurrence is if you're chopping and changing. So if you went from a claims made to claims occurrence to a mutual, you could end up with gaps in your cover. So it's, that's why it's really important. If you are thinking of moving, luckily we've got like 99% retention, but we always say, look, not every dentist, every patient works together. If you want to leave us, that's really fine. But have, don't just go without telling us because there's a way that we have to make sure that you're being looked after. Because mm-hmm. I know people who, I know one person who went to another provider and they didn't pick up the retrospective, which we would do. Mm-hmm. And it's very naughty. Then mm-hmm. it makes their premium a bit lower, but they don't tell the client. Now that client has got three years without cover because they went from a claims made to a claims occurrence and the claims occurrence didn't pick up the retro cover. The way you're getting mixed up is now. This is where retro. it's getting a little bit confusing. Yeah, the, yeah. The, yeah, that's that's where I was getting uh, mixed up, my friend. Yeah. Uh, so I understand now that runoff cover is something more to worry about in retirement. So that if you're yeah. in your seventies, someone is a, there's a claim that you are covered. So I get that now. But this retrospective cover, can you just give an example scenario of what might happen if someone left an insurance product, but they they how how could it transpire that they would have give a scenario where but they they have gaps in their cover how could that yeah. transpire so let's say you had a claims made product then another one and then another one the baton gets passed so that the third person is covering the three years so you've just stuck with claims made and the baton keeps passing so the latest guy is covering the whole lot now mm-hmm. you move to a claims occurrence policy and the claims Got occurrence it. policy is with a a different newly formed big you know indemnifier let's say that's British. And they, <laughs> they naughtily weren't covering more than three years back. So they would say, yeah, here's our premium. It's five grand. And we'll cover In the beginning, they weren't covering anything. But to be fair to them, now at least they're covering three years. I think it's three years. So they would cover the last three years of claims made. But if you were within the fourth year, you've now got a gap. So they aren't covered. They've left you without a gap. They may not have told you you've got a gap. But unless I mean, so you've we been, this, if you've been if in four years of uh, insurance and then you go to this uh, claims occurrence uh, let's policy, say in, the, in, the, in, the, in the fifth year in the claims yeah. occurrence, so the previous three years are, are covered, but that fourth year back that yeah. will get left uncovered. Yes, because there's no retrospective cover beyond three years. Whereas with you guys, let's say people are moving away from other insurance products yeah. um, and they're and they're coming to you if you if you do a claims made one, then it doesn't matter because you've got the baton, you're holding that baton for Absolutely. all the years, but. But which I finally sussed it out now. But now, if you for some reason that dentist like like Cam wanted to have a occurrence one with you yeah. for that year, you yeah. would then also include in that product. Okay, but now we also need to give you retrospective cover for X number of years. Yeah, we'd pick up the whole lot. Now right. again, I said things around about it's going to cost you a little bit more because now we're not just covering mm-hmm. one year; we're covering four years or ten years. Yeah, but yep. we would ensure there's no gaps in your cover. It's really important for us that if you. You know, whether you're with us or you leave us, we really want you to have no gaps in your cover because it's really dangerous. Mm-hmm. And I think it's remiss of some other insurers who might go on price or whatever their reason doing not to be because they're not insurers. They may not understand what the consequences are. They're just looking at this is the product we've got. This is what you can have. And the dentists don't know what they're getting. So it's really important, again, that you actually speak to an expert. And, you know, I'm just a dentist and I've learned like you were learning you know, in front of my eyes. You're picking things up and I've picked it up for four years. But, you know, you speak to Gary, he's been doing it 10, 15 years, you know, he'll tell you straight. And the great new, you know, the really good thing about us, we give you honest advice. We never tweak the facts to suit us. You know, as a dentist, as you're my friend, there's no way I'd want you to be cajoled into anything. We would just say, this is what Mm -hmm. it is. These are the pros and cons. If you want to leave, 
this is what you need to do. We just want the best for you. And it's a bit like our patients. We just feel like if we do the best for them, then the business will grow, you know. Whereas mm-hmm. I, I have found some insurance companies, they think differently. They're not healthcare. Like, you know, in healthcare, we care about the patient first and hope for the rest, generally. I don't know if that's changing. But insurance is, let's make our, you know, it's a business. And the, the money comes first and then the, the dentist comes second, which is why I think mm-hmm. what we've got is really kind of valuable. It's it's dentists first. Okay. Just so that I've cemented, because I've only got one more yeah. question after this, is um, just so I've, because uh, I've learned a lot here, just so that I've cemented my learning, is the following statement correct? I am a dentist who's been practicing, I'm made, making this up, I'm a dentist who's been practicing for five years. For these previous five years, I have been with either you know, DDU, Dental Protection, a big mutual, okay, uh, indemnifier. So therefore, that's a claims occurred agreement that I had w- with these. So last five years, I've been with a traditional big company. I will now move to, let's say, your insurance product, and I will decide with you which one to go for. It, the only real option, the only logical option there is a claims made one, because the previous five years will always be covered, right? Am I right in saying that? Yeah, the previous five years, but whether you have a claims made or a claims occurred in your sixth year is entirely what you want to do. You, you, we don't mm-hmm. have to pick up the retro, but you might think, I want that year claim, you know, that year covered for life, like I have been. Uh, or okay. do I actually just want to have one year and then it finishes and then move on? And again, that depends okay. on your circumstances, career breaks, how you feel about things. And also what we're tending to do is maybe five years before your retirement, we're moving from claims made product to a claims occurrence product and bundling the whole thing together. So you don't have to worry about runoff. We've put it all together. So your runoff then becomes indefinite as it would with claims occurrence. So again, if you are five, six years before retirement, we might just look at you as an individual and think, okay, do you want to pay a bit more now? But then the advantage is rather than 10 years runoff, you're going to get that for perpetuity. So that's why it's really important just to not just, don't just sign something. Don't just go and quote, have a chat. Here are my circumstances. What do you think is best for me? And let's go from there. Yeah, this is why I appreciate it. You know, every time I renew and I just check yeah. uh, and you keep me on the right course, which is great. Uh, it's nice to have that personal service from you. Uh, but yeah, what I meant, uh, what, not what I meant, but yes, you're right. That if you've been with a indemnifier, traditional one for the last five years, you definitely don't need any retrospective cover. But which policy you choose, claims made or claims occurred, depends on you and your circumstances. So it's good to have that chat to decide what's best for you. And would you say for the majority, it probably would be a claims made policy for the majority who are thinking they're going to continue to work for the next however long? Would you say that's the case? I think for a youngster, define that how you will, who knows they've got 10, 15, 20 years ahead of them. Maybe they're early in the career. They're cost focused. They're not going to have a career break and they just want to put their head down for the next 10 years, claims made is absolutely fine. I think if you're in your last five years of retiring, if you're looking to have a year or two out, whether you're studying or sabbatical maternity, then probably have claims occurrence. That's kind of a broad stroke. Uh, just to clarify one point, you know, we've said the uh, mutuals act like a claims occurrence product. They aren't a claims occurrence product because they're not an insurance-based product, but just for making things clear, they act like one. But again, sure. they aren't insurance based. There's no policy. There's no documents. There's no, there's no regulation. There's it's a handshake. If they were insurance, they'd call themselves insurers, and they're not allowed to. Which is why this word indemnifier comes along, because it's another mm-hmm. word to kind of say, well, not insurance based, but we kind of need to come up with a word. So it's indemnity is lower than insurance as as a word. I'm just going to pitch you another random scenario because yeah. I think these scenarios help us to understand. Let's say you've been qualified five years uh, and you have been going with an insurance product such as yourselves and you decided because you're a youngster, youngster and you envisage that you're going to be working hard head down and you want, you're saving towards a house so you want to keep your cost lower as well and you don't want to pay for the claims uh, occurred. You want to do claims made. It's going to save you some money but also you, you're going to make sure the baton is held for the next however many years every time you renew the product. But life happens. Life yeah. happens and you, just, and, and, and you fell in love with a girl from Costa Rica and you go to Costa Rica <laughs> and, you, and, and you want to spend the next three years and you want to go fishing for three years, right? Yeah. So at that point, for those three years, would you still then get a product, a non-clinical insurance product saying, okay, I'm going to be, I need a product from you to cover me retrospectively for the last how many years I've been practicing, yeah. but I'm not practicing now. And then you just give a quote for that. Yeah. So that you can buy sort of retro cover, like you stopped working, but you still need to have the last year claim covered. So you can have that year covered and then the next year you can have it covered and then the next year you can have it covered. The problem is it's really expensive. It's a premium again. Mm-hmm. So it's almost mm-hmm. like if you pay three grand for a premium and you stopped working, but you still need to cover last year's, 
and you need mm. that retro cover for one year as a separate policy, that retro policy might cost you a couple of grand. It's really expensive to do it. And it's not just a one-off. That one-off doesn't pay you for the rest of it. You have to keep paying it until the mm-hmm. next 30 years. So you can do it, but it's mega expensive. What we would rather you do is either you continue as an insurance product, but you say, I do naught days a week, and so, but I'll still keep covered. So you can go on our lowest premium possible and pay, you know, 1500 or whatever you're paying, which would be a cheaper way of doing it until you come back. Or if you could say to the Venezuelan lady, can we just go in six months and I'm just going to move to claims occurrence. I'm going to tie up all the retro and then we can just do what we like. So sudden decisions are a bit harder to manage. We'd rather you just give us a bit of time that we can move it to claims occurrence. It's, it's a cheaper way of doing it rather than having to pay that retro cover every year for the rest of your life or leave it exposed. And GDC, I think, doesn't allow you not to be undercover. So actually, if you have a missing year, and that's why we're talking about when someone went to the another indemnifier and they missed a year they're actually putting that person in breach of the gdc because they've left them without a year of cover mm-hmm. you know so i think it's really important i think the bottom line is it is complicated it's a bit confusing it's taken me a couple of years to get it you've got it very quickly no but, but, but this you... is why neil i think mm-hmm. this is why 50 50 mm-hmm. potentially plus are still with indemnifier because yeah. there's so much to get your head around that and i'm hoping this episode has helped in some way for people to understand but ultimately Whoever you're going to choose, you need to be able to be able to WhatsApp them, pick up the phone with them, have a chat and decide what's best for you. And I think this is why I, I, I go with you, because I've got you at the end of the phone. And I just I just say, Neil, there's my scenario. What do I do? Uh, and obviously, I came out from Singapore and he explained to me and stuff. So I think that, that's why I'm with you. And that's why I, I'm, I'm happy to recommend you on this podcast, if you like. Uh, but whoever you go with, make sure they don't leave any gaps in your cover. Make sure that you understand what's, what, what product you're signing up to and that they're going to be there to support you and help you with your decision making. And the safest way, if you're not so concerned about the intricacies and cost saving, is probably a claim the current policy with a retrospective period back to your mutuals. They're the two things you need Got to it. look for. Is it claims occurrence? And are you retro covering me for the last few years until, you know, before when I left the mutuals? If you've got those but two if, things... If, if you're literally just leaving the mutual now, if you're jumping the ship now, then you don't yeah. even need retrospective cover. No. Just stick with them and then claim the courage. And you, you've got a, not a like for like for a like product, it's better. But you've got a thing that works in the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you have a claim, you go back and you, and you speak to them. Great. Now, the biggest thing that we want from anyone who's looking after us, indemnify insurance product, is when you get that complaint letter or when you just have that queasy feeling in your stomach and you just need to Rich. speak to someone. And then, you know, on the forums, like, speak to your indemnity, speak to your insurance yeah. product, speak to whoever. You get tagged, whatever. How easy... Is it to get in touch? Is it email? Is it phone calls? Like, how is support available? Because that, for yeah. me, is the most important thing. I've only had to use you guys yeah. once, and it was like a really minor thing, and it was just dealt by email. And it was like, I did nothing ever came of it, so I never even replied that to that email. I'm sorry uh, that I never replied, guys. It just it never happened. So, what's the support like? Uh, well, I think the support is very good, and I think the way I feel it best works is if because you're not, sure, you know, you, you, when you get a complaint, and I've had complaints. It's really soul destroying. You feel like you're stabbed in the back. You've done your best for the patient. You've really tried. Now, whether it's communication, whether it's a system you work in or whatever, but whatever you do, we're all trying to do our best. So you're upset, you're angry, and you want to talk to someone quickly. So most people, and I would say, just WhatsApp me. So you can WhatsApp me and Gary. And I, you know, I think I'm on my WhatsApp eight hours a day, unfortunately. You know, that's the, the curse of the phone. But I will normally say, when's a good time to speak? And I'll talk to them. And then they'll either just want what's a helpline number or who do I contact or I've got a letter and I'll put them the right way. Or they might say, well, nothing's happened yet, but I'm upset about something. I just wanted to chat. So we're always there to put an arm around you and just say, okay, what happened? Okay, let me explain uh, and see where it is. And then if they want to go to some proper advice, I mean, my advice is reasonable, but you really want, if it's getting serious, you want some proper advice. What we'll do is we'll put you to, we'll give you the broker's number, email, whatever you, however you want to contact them. They'll data gather what's happening, i.e. the notes, records, put everything together. And from there, we'll make a decision. Do you need to speak to a dental legal advisor, i.e. it's something more clinical or something that based, or actually is this a lawsuit now you need to speak to lawyers? And the two act very in different ways, really, and you have to have horses for courses. There's no point having a dental legal advisor trying to represent you in court. So we try and add that way, sort of funnel you and then figure out which pathway, and then you will liaise with them. And with us, if you have any issues whatsoever, if you feel like someone's letting you down or you're not getting through someone, WhatsApp me. 
I've got the hotline to the, you know, to Batman and we will get it sorted for you. So, you know, sometimes mistakes might happen. Emails going to junk. You're not sure about something. What we do is we're your advocate. You're not alone. We want to help you through the process emotionally and making sure you're getting the right people. And our lawyers are, are, you know, probably the biggest law firm in England. So I think, to be honest, most lawyers deal with a few different insurers anyway. So whether you're with dental protection or with us or whatever, there's a, there's a, a cross-reference of lawyers that people will use. So you know you're getting a very experienced and, and the best lawyers and the best advice. And if you're not, you come and let me know and we'll make sure anything's sorted out. Neil, having you on WhatsApp is like having your technician on WhatsApp and sending cases yeah. and just the communications there and I feel supported, which is great. But I'm going to ask you a tricky question, a bit of a curveball. Mm. I'm sorry for it, but I have to do it. Good. Let's say you decide that for, for a family move, you want to, in five years' time, you want to move to Singapore. You can, are you going to move to Singapore, live a good life in Singapore? Uh, yeah. And you said, you know what, I'm, 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 going to, I'm going to sell PDI. I'm going away. How are things, how are contingency plans and insurance products there to make sure that everything is well looked after and everything's in order? Yeah. Is it just you or like, how, how does it actually work? Is, 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 I'm sorry if that's a tough question, but I think th- these are things that we need to know. Well, it's a very good career because your career will be longer than my career in, in indemnity. So we have to see where we're going after that. And, you know, you want that support and help. So as you know, my little one is two. So I don't envisage ever retiring. So, <laughs> I, you know, I'll probably cut my clinical right down. But to be honest, the indemnity side of thing is actually, I wouldn't say it's fun because insurance is a really boring subject. And if you're just based on insurance and getting premiums and being a salesperson, it's, a, it's not for me. But what's really nice about my job is helping a dentist pick up the phone, sharing my experience, helping them get better. A bit like you educating dentists to be better, record keeping. I know you've done some brilliant stuff on that. So I can't see myself retiring or at least not being a figurehead or being part of it. And also Cam will be there as well. And she's a little bit younger than me. So she's always there as well. So the continuity is going to be there. And by that time, Ari will be a dentist as well. So we'll have, you know. <laughs> so it is there. But to be honest, if you if we just disappear, let's just say, you know, COVID-3, whatever Because happens, you mentioned, you've hinted a few times that there is a doubt whether these other products like the well, claims occurred, traditional mutual companies uh, may not be able to do the handshake product for much longer. You never know, but this could be it's. the case. And so there's that uncertainty, but there's uncertainty with, with any uh, insurance product that you take, basically. But because the baton is renewed every year, I guess, that's yeah. what keeps, you, keeps it alive, right? And also your product actually isn't with us. We are introducers. We are there as your advocates. We are there to help dentists get looked after. Mm-hmm. Your actual product is with the insurer. And the insurer is, the amount of capital you know they have is much, much higher than the mutuals. I mean, they are you know billion dollar companies that aren't going anywhere with the you know, city of London tower blocks. So your product is always safe for now. And if we're not there, they'll still be there. Brokers will still be there. And hopefully we've instilled such a good relationship with the team and the brokers that you'll be equally well looked after and that's what you want from a practice, isn't it? Whether the principal's there or not, you're going to be there or well looked after. So, you know, hypothetically, 10 years, 15 years down the line, will we still be there? I can never say. But your product will still be there. Your underwriter will still be there. Some form will be there. And hopefully our legacy will still be there. Amazing. I think I'm happy that we covered everything because I want to dispel this topic. I learned a lot, as you know. Uh, it's, I feel like relearning and stuff because I feel like you explained this stuff to me before, but uh, it's something I don't often think about, thankfully. Indemnity insurance is a boring topic, let's admit it, it right? Uh, mm. But it's such an important one. That's why we had to talk about it. So is there anything else that you feel we need to touch on to make sure we've armed dentists with enough knowledge about this topic of uh, traditional indemnity versus insurance? I think probably the take-home message is don't just go on recommendation unless it's someone learned who understands the product and don't just go on Facebook and if 10 people say something it's not valid it's still good to have and it's a start but do your own understanding make sure you understand the terms even if you don't want to go with us ring me up and just say Neil I don't quite understand I'm happy to spend 10 minutes with you explaining it for your own good because you might you know you might not want to come to us but you'll come to us next year or the year after it's all goodwill so if you're not sure if your indemnifier is not helping you understand Give me a shout, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. So the bottom line is I'm here to help you whether you're a client or not in terms of understanding the policy. And second thing is please be in an environment of a practice which is supportive where all the team are on board because complaints happen right from the the start. You know, when the patient walks in, the reception doesn't smile. So make sure you're in that real team effort where you're supported. And then obviously third thing is write your notes and keep learning and, you know, 
again, you know, I learn every time I watch one of your podcasts and, it, you know, even at my age, it's really good to just keep going. Don't, don't get down a funnel of misery because learning is fun and learning new things is fun. And so don't feel it's all doom and gloom and indemnity insurance. You can have, you know, like lots of dentists, never a claim, happy patients, productive life. It is possible. So don't let this topic understand it, but don't let it think it's doom and gloom. This is actually here to support you. And then the odd niggle comes along, we're there for you. That's what you're paying for. That's right. And it's something that I think you should focus a lot of time and energy on. Well, not time, but energy and thought and brain power into when you're at the decision-making stage. Once you did it, once you signed the dotted line, set and forget and enjoy Mm. your life, right? And then if you ever need it, then have that support. And we'll have to discuss uh, how you want people to contact you for advice and stuff. Because I imagine Mm. a lot of people will be like, you know what? Neil talks a lot of sense. Let Mm. me get in touch with him. Do you want your phone number? Uh, Lots of phone calls Mm. and stuff. Or maybe email and to filter things on Instagram. So we have to figure out a a way of doing this. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. Happy to email me. That would be easiest. And (laughs) it's uh, Neil, which is N-E-E-L at professionaldentalindemnity.co.uk Amazing. I'll put that in the show notes as well. Neil, thanks so much for your time. Uh, and My we pleasure. have got a whole series uh, series coming up of staying out of trouble. And so we're gonna, I'm not going to reveal any more about that just yet, but there's lots of different scenarios we're going to cover, real world scenarios, because I think it's part of um, education. Whilst it, you know, this was a big burning question, indemnity mm. versus insurance, I'm a big, I like scenarios, like those yeah. random scenarios I gave you. I love scenarios of what happens if, literally I got a message the other day on Instagram saying, um, Jazz, can you help me? I gave a, a restored an upper lateral, I gave a, some local anesthetic, articane with adrenaline, and now the patient's got a droopy eyelid, now they're getting severe headaches the day after, I'm panicking, any random scenario basically, just what are the things that we should be doing, and then we can look at the, the, the factors before it happened, factors during, factors afterwards, uh, how to make sure ultimately our patients are well looked after, but also so it doesn't steal your piece of today that you can sleep well at night. So those are the, the focus scenarios that we've got coming. So I look forward to that. Absolutely. So there we have it, guys. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. Hopefully it's a little bit clearer now. Indemnity versus insurance, claims occurred versus claims made. I enjoyed the Royals Royce analogy. I enjoyed the baton analogy. So who's holding your baton right now and who's holding your batons of the past? If you want to take action on this episode, if you want to find a quote for yourself with PDI, who I trust a lot, I'm a big fan of Neil, such a conscientious, lovely guy. And just anytime I needed him with these kind of matters, he's been there for me. Once again, you go to protrusive.co.uk forward slash insurance, fill in the form and get your quote. You can inquire further by protrusive.co.uk forward slash insurance once again. And for those Protrusive as part of the Protrusive membership, head to protrusive.app on this episode or on your app answer the few questions and you get this very useful CPD when it comes to medical legal CPD okay so you're going to get a CPD certificate with the reflections all on there emailed to you by our team thanks so much again for listening all the way to the end I'll catch you guys in the next episode